Meeting the people in your community. Here's Lisa Kay with Talk of the Town. We are on Talk of the Town today here in the KTOE studios, and it's all about the play today, all about the kids and whatever kids you have in your life, whether they're your own children, maybe children that you're caring for, grandchildren. The Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota has been a staple in our community for quite some time now. Uh, My kids were just almost, I don't know if I want to say aging out, but uh, as the Children's Museum was being built, my children were just on the edge of, uh, and in a couple of years, we're going to be too old. Um, but what a great experience that uh, I got to see and I got to come in with, with my kids when they were that age. And here we go, still going strong, Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota. And we have Kim Cleveland in studio. Kim, you have the best title for a job that I have seen in a long, long time. I do. I am the vice president of play and learning at the Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota. How does one get to be a vice president of play and learning? Well, because we are all about play and learning at the Children's Museum. And um, when we created a new framework for our expansion plan, um, we also included a new play and learning framework. And along with that, they named it the play and learning framework. So Hence, we were like, makes sense to have a VP of play and learning. I love it. Well, welcome to Talk of the Town. Thank you so much. Glad, glad to be here. I'm so glad you're here to talk a little bit about the Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota. And like I told you um, off air, my kids were just almost, I don't know, do I call it aging out? They were they were big kids by then. Right. We absolutely know that we have a core audience, which is really that two to nine-year-old age group mm-hmm. that interacts in the museum in the most appropriate way for them through their play Um, their playtime that they're in. We also want to make sure, though, that everybody knows we have a beautiful infant-toddler porch and we have lots of babies that are also a part of our experience. So um, although two- to nine-year-olds may be running all over, those babies are in the infant-toddler porch. And we also have older kids up to 12 years that really can find those niches of places that they love to play, especially in our outdoor space and our Mankato Clinic Tria Sports. That's a big hit, too. Oh, I love that. Um, and that's been there since the beginning. Let's yes. talk about, like, take me way back, because I've been in the media for a little bit longer than a day here. So I do remember the whole push to get the museum built and up and running. Um, and you've been kind of on the ground floor since day one. Yep. So we just celebrated our eight-year birthday at the current facility that we're at. But um, kicking back way back to about 2000, um, there was kind of an initial group of early childhood educators and other friends that were having a little lunch and said, you know what we need in Mankato? We need a children's museum. And a lot of uh, talk and thought went into that. And um, after 9-11, there was a little pause. And then Two of our um, people at that table became the founding mothers, we like to call them, Mm. of the Children's Museum, Mary Jo Hensel and Linda Frost. And they created the 501c3 nonprofit and started engaging with community members that had that same passion of having a space for children and families to have this very rich play experience in the Mankato region. Um, we did start out, I always say we kind of had three and a half interim sites. The half was kind of when we had a little green van and, um, took some small exhibit pieces around to regional parades and events to talk about what the possibility could be in, um, in a children's museum in our area. I don't remember that. So you're telling me you moved from a van to where you are now? <laughs> we did. Yeah. That's yeah, a, we that's did. A big it step. was, it was pretty fun. 
um, set up spaces with a little quilt, a little farm quilt to kind of show what we meant by, you know, a child-led play experience in our area. Um, and then we had a spot in the Madison East Mall. We had um, the old Pier 1 building. We were at Second and Cherry. And now, you know, as everybody knows, we're in our um, spot down at 224 Lamb Street, um, which was the old bus transit building that the city of Mankato helped us transform into the awe-inspiring exp- space that it is now. I know that the space that it is now tends to have a lot of exhibits that uh, switch around, come and go, some staples that stay because they're big and everybody loves them. Uh, what are we looking at now? I mean, is the tree fort still there? Yeah, that will be, you know, that's a pretty permanent structure yeah. because it was actually, we built the building around the tree of the tree of fort structure. So that's there. So kind of unique as we have, you know, some fixed permanent exhibits that we have within our museum. But the the sweet spot is that things are always changing up. And we mm-hmm. have some of those, not only just tabletops that rotate in and out of what's there, but also some of our exhibits. If um, you were one of those first people that walked in on Tuesday and saw that, oh my goodness, the cabin is now in a different space. We we took Monday and we took what we had as our summer cabin and moved it over into a, another rotating space. And there it's sitting now. And we are um, doing that to get ready for a new permanent exhibit that will be opening in September. That's a going to be a really awesome agriculture experience well, for our children to, and families. So we'll be back, back to talk about yeah. that and kind of spill the beans on that one. Absolutely. So that kind of answers my question. Do you kind of catalog some of these exhibits and uh, move them in and out? They're they're able to do that? Yep. Yep. We have a storage space and we just kind of transfer things um, back and forth into the museum. Um, we want to make sure that There's those predictable things for children. They're coming back. They know this is what they want to play with, but also have that awe of what's going to be there when I go and see what's changed up. Right. You mentioned earlier child-led play experiences. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is? Right. So the mission of the Children's Museum is to ignite the natural curiosity of every child through the power of play and awe-inspiring environment. And so... Our focus is really to make sure that when children are coming into our museum, the play is not scripted for them. We tend to not have um, curated exhibits that there is only one thing that they can do. Say they go in and they could only turn on a button and see something or, you know, interact in only one way. We want the experience for children to be very open-ended and they may want to go into our Grow It gallery and take all of our our in-house made fruits and vegetables and push them around in the shopping cart and take them into our Coughlin Quarry area and then, you know, take them <laughs> up into the Tree of Arts and have this whole adventure that they're creating on their own. And so that's really our goal is that children can um, transport things from place to place around the museum. They can really... Just take that idea that they have of what they're experiencing and interact with others and the environment. The mother in me right now is going, who's picking all this up at the end? I got to go get the the apples and the carrots out of the tree fort, right? I mean, does that happen? (laughs) Sure. They're all over the place. (laughs) We have an amazing playwork staff that spend a lot of their day just resetting the play experience. That's what we call it. We don't call it cleaning up. It's resetting. Resetting. I like that. Would you please reset your bedroom? Yep. So (laughs) they do that. And actually, the children really do it naturally on their own. You know, okay. we have 
we have many visitors every day. You know, we have up to over 100,000 visitors yearly. Wow. Um, so some days you walk into the museum, um, there can be a lot of children and families and caregivers that are interacting in that space. But um, we really spread out between our, our main floor. We have a, our um, Cecil's Imagineering Loft that you can spread out in. And then our Dotson Back 40, which is an amazing outdoor experience. Now, you were just talking about, you mentioned uh, some names of like maybe a company that wants to get involved and help sponsor something that they are, are working with and bring that into the, uh, the play area. Um, how many corporations or businesses want to partner with you? We have a lot, and, and that's there growing. Is yeah, there, there is a list. Okay. And, um, so, you know, our our regional impact is really big, you know, and I think that's a whole other conversation about we have so many people coming from all over, not only just the state every day, but all over the United States. And mm. we've had pretty much every state visit all over the world. We've had different things, but we really do see people coming from all over the region every day. And so um, we know that... There are companies and organizations that want to support that experience for children in our region. And so, you know, they're engaged by that conversation around the impact of a, um, a really good um, experience for children right. and a, a safe space for children to be and learn. Um, so, yep, we have a great team of people that engage with them. And in ways that they're involved is could be like naming rights for an exhibit. There's, you know, certain places that people, they get excited about, you know, helping to have that experience. We also have our corporate partners. Those are businesses that help us um, to support our gateway to play access experience, which um, by doing that, they become that corporate partner, help support that, and then also their employees can receive a discount to being a member at the museum. Um, and then we also have our Ignite Society, which are engaged members of the community that, again, help to support Gateway to Play. Right. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Gateway to Play. We're visiting today with Kim Cleveland, the Vice President of Play and Learning with the Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota. And you mentioned... Um, being able to purchase uh, a family membership or a membership to come in. Um, I know that there are a lot of barriers to people that might be listening and maybe that's not in the budget. Um, so is that what Gateway to Play is is really helping with? Absolutely. So from the very beginning, the vision at the Children's Museum was that we wanted to make sure that although we knew we were going to have to charge, it obviously sure. costs a lot to run a big building and have a big staff and do all the things that we do. But um, we wanted to make sure that there was an opportunity to help alleviate barriers for people to be able to experience um, the Children's Museum. And so creating this Gateway to Play program, um, families are able to just say, hey, I, I need a little help with this. And they can either do pay as they go or have a free opportunity to get a membership while they need it. And um, very easy to do. You can either go to our website and download the application or reach out and to come, just come to the front desk and show up and say, hey, we'd like to play. We heard about our Gateway to Play program. Would that be something that I could sign up for? So it's really easy um, and it's pretty fast to do. And new this year, we also expanded into our Gateway to Baby Play. I kind of had mentioned oh. that we have a lot of um, people that are looking to connect after having that newborn with that first baby, not really, um, you know, knowing where to go or who to, to turn to for sure. some of that. And we have, um, you know, a staff of licensed teachers and 
um, parent educators that are always present and um, creating those experiences. And so we now have that first baby coming into your life. You can have the first year um, membership for your family. So mom, dad, or whomever is caregivers for that infant to have um, a year free before they turn one. Wow. And that's such a, uh, a critical time, not only for the babies to be socialized and, and the play is important at a very, very young age, even if we don't realize it as adults anymore. Um, but as, as a new mother, to have other people to connect with too. I'm sure that you have witnessed um, relationships that have been built there. Every day. Yeah. I mean, we have a number of people, some of our staff that used to come and then just created relationships with other staff at the Children's Museum right. or people out there and said, hey, I'd like to be a part of this experience. We have, you know, going back to our infant toddler porch, Tuesday mornings, baby play. We have just a very open-ended casual time for people to meet. Number of people there have met, created friendships and um, really bonded over that experience. So you can't, you know, it's just, it's just the best part of that tour of joy that we do as a staff to see those things happening every day. Tell me a little bit about your staff and who you have working for you because you've mentioned early childhood teachers. You've met, I mean, uh, what kind of people are working in the museum? Mm -hmm. Well, obviously we kind of have an office side of our experience and we have our CEO, Lou Dickmeyer. We have um, our um, development and marketing team. We have our, you know, um, our organizational management, such as, you know, our expense and our budget and helping sure. to curate stuff, yeah, right? all the business stuff. <laughs> and then, then we have our exhibits team and our education and programming team. And they really work collaboratively to create that experience around what people are going to see every day. Um, Post-COVID, we kind of changed how we did our programming and our educational experiences at the museum. Rather than them just kind of being focused towards our school groups or our group visits, they're really just entwined all the time. So every day you come during the week, there's a different activity or program that's happening within um, the experience. And that team is really supported by um, people that have a rich background in early childhood and education and um, help to, um, we don't really have a curriculum or a plan. We want children to create that, but just help to have that provocation for children to say, hey, here's some things you could do and, mm -hmm. and experience in there. And so they can kind of figure out what they want to do themselves. I think it's also important to mention to people listening that this is not a place where you're going to come and drop off your child. Absolutely. That's such a great thing to talk about because, you know, it could sound like that, but that is not what it is. You do have to have, you know, a caregiver coming in and being a part of that. And that's really a key piece to that, that learning is we want caregivers to come in and like find ideas and say, hey, we could expand this at home or, you know, as a grandparent, this is something I could do with my children at home, you know, through things that we do in our daily programming or things that we have just set out. So that is very important. You know, we do have part of our staff is our play workers that are out on the floor supporting the environment out there and resetting that play, but they are not there really to manage the children's play. That's, you know, that's the caregiver's job. They're not babysitters. Job. No, they are not babysitters <laughs> at all. And so that's really important. And then also, you know, sometimes we talk about fun things. We have a butterfly garden. We have a lot of really cool 
experiences in the museum, but they are really for children. So, so I can't, as an adult, just come and walk in. You and can't, like, you know, we kind of don't want to have just adults walking we'll have to around. Borrow a kid. Yeah, you have to find a friend. <laughs> There's always children that want to come play. So find a, find a friend and come and play. So when you uh, invite people in, um, you talked about different ways to, to access the opportunities, whether you're in part of the Gateway to Play program or um, if you're just a grandparent that maybe wants to occasionally stop in can you can you go and pay by the day or is it just a membership situation you can come in and play pay daily admission but really our museum memberships are very reasonable and we have family memberships we have grandparent memberships we have some passport memberships in which you can get discounts with other museums and organizations around the state there's lots of opportunities to connect people to that so um ask at our front desk we have an amazing front desk team that will help you to find the best fit for you for um, making sure that you can come experience the museum over and over because we really do have members that come almost every day sure I can to the see museum that. i can see that also um like i said brand new like parenting sometimes can be a little isolating you feel like you're at home with the little people all day long um, it's probably a great way to connect with other parents so if we want some more information about the Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota, uh, whether it is memberships or sponsorships or anything that you have going on, um, do you do tours? Are, are, we, are, is it, are we able to walk through and, and take a look? Or Absolutely. You know, just contact um, the Children's Museum. You can contact us through our website, which is www.cmsouthernmin.org. Give us a call down at the museum and we can um, find a spot to have somebody meet with you and give you a tour. Um, We have a lot of people that would be um, interested in having those conversations with anybody. Or if you're just looking to come and play, look at our Facebook page, Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota. I think we have Instagram and all (laughs) kinds of different spaces that you can find us. But our Facebook page really would give you a lot of insight as to what's happening for daily programs. What are some upcoming events that we would have? Because we have different things happening all the time, and that would help to keep you updated with what's going on. The access opportunities that you mentioned earlier would be available as well. Thank you for that. Have you noticed a big uptick since, uh, I know there was a press release that went out, um, so there's a need. There is a huge need, um, yes. Uh, yeah, we have a third of our members are through our access play um, experience, and that is definitely, we've seen an increase with that. So we're so happy and we feel um, just really blessed that we can make sure that that those barriers can be knocked down. Another example is tonight we do have our um, sensory awareness and accessibility playtime, and that's a free time from four thirty to six thirty for anybody that maybe is experiencing um, children that find it hard to come to the museum when it's really busy mm-hmm. or loud. This is an opportunity for those children um, if they have different abilities, just come in and have a slower pace a quieter pace. And those are things that we um, are really glad that we can provide for our region and the families and children. Wonderful. That's something that I would never have even thought of because that doesn't affect my children, but other people it absolutely does. Um, And so to have people, staff, programmers that recognize that that's a need is such a great thing. Thank you for doing that. And uh, if we want more information, once again, give us the website or the Facebook, uh, best place to go. Yep. So website is www.cmsouthernmin.org and then Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota on Facebook and Instagram. Now, Kim, I hope you'll come back and talk a little bit about the preview for September when you've got the new exhibit that's going to be opening and uh, people ready to play in. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Children's Museum of Southern Minnesota, 
Kim Cleveland, the VP of Play and Learning here on Talk of the Town today.